That's her. That is her. Dude, dude, Mike, it's a humongous tiger. Oh my god, dude. Here we go. Oh my gosh. We got it. Holy cow. The Gadorzy hog. Dude! Dude! Welcome to the Musky Therapy Podcast. Please follow me this way. The doctor is ready to see you now. All right, guys, what's up? And welcome back to the Musky Therapy Podcast. I am here with co-host Mike Richardson. Ah, dude. <laughs> uh, the Iceman, the legend. Uh, speaking of ice, we are about to go ice fishing tomorrow. Yeah, I'm pumped, dude. I'm, I'm, I love the ice season. Like, don't get me wrong. I love open water. I really do. But ice fishing is like, it's, it's special. It's... Um, well, it's it's such a unique time of year because it well it's it's quiet. There's there's really yeah. not a lot of folks in the North Woods. I mean, it's it's a time of reflection. Oh yeah. But definitely. you also and the funny thing is because I tell Stephanie this all the time, like oh, it's the off season, and she always goes, you know you're gonna want to fish every weekend. I'm like no, but it's so true. We it's I like, mean we don't you put can't in, stop hunting. No, <laughs> we don't put in the same type of hours. Uh, during the winter as we do in the summertime no, just no, because absolutely not we are working full-time like we go hard on weekends and we we you know put in some serious time yeah. when we can but we don't have two or three months to just go yeah we, we can't every go day. every single day but again yeah ice fishing is a special time of year it's 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 such a um it's kind of a a way to uh let the body vent uh you know from the from you know Love teaching, but it's such a good way to get away from kind of the stresses and uh, the pressures of everyday life, and kind yeah. of like get out there and you're you're uh, you're you're back you're back on the water. It's just a different type. Yeah, and of I experience. find that we actually harvest more fish during the hard water season, Absolutely. which is cool. Like because we Absolutely. we get so much into the hunt in the summer, and you know we are primarily musky fishing, and so we're, we're not about release. Yeah. harvesting muskies. Um, but in the winter time, it's like crappies and pike and walleyes. Well, yeah, and, the, and mentally, the, like the thought of a, a fish fry in the winter is like really therapeutic. I feel oh, like yeah. in the summer, like we don't have time for no. fish fries because we're like we come in, we put the we put the boat in the garage, charge the batteries, you know, go to bed, wake up, like, and we're we're moving. Like ice fishing, it's dark at four thirty. Yeah, we've got time to like right. you know put the gear away and do this and that, and then it's like, well, I guess must well, a little fish fry or whatever. Yeah, we do. yeah, you know. Um, so what's the goal for tomorrow? What do you want to do? Well, I know we talked a little bit on the uh, drive up about um, really trying to dial in a panfish bite. That's something we have not yet done. Yeah, because last this time, season, last time we hit it hard on the pike and we did really, really well. Yeah, and it was a blast. It was well. A don't lot forget the fun. bullheads. We did get one nighttime bullhead trophy bullhead. It was a big bullhead. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but tomorrow, though, I, I really like this uh, the hunt for for big crappies tomorrow. Yeah. Bluegills included as well. Perch, yes. anything that bites, but but you know, panfish, name of the game. Yeah, and in, in that, you know, I would say in water between sixteen and twenty-four feet. It's just yeah. it's it's such a fun game. That's what I think we're gonna be dealing with tomorrow. I think, you know, and guys, tomorrow we're gonna be going to well, in the morning part of our hunt, I think we're gonna go to one of our tried and true crappie spots, no doubt about that. In the afternoon, we've got kind of a bonus lake that we haven't really focused on for crappies, which I'm, I'm really excited to do. Uh, and the, the neat thing about this bonus lake in the afternoon is it's got the uh, little asterisk there, possible muskies. 
Yes, yeah. because we're gonna be setting our we're gonna be setting our tip ups in the morning, even though we're crappie fishing. We're, you know, hoping for a muskie, but probably gonna catch some pike or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in the afternoon, we're going to a lake that has a little bit higher population of muskies, and I think that's right. really neat. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that's gonna be fun. I think anytime we have a flag flying out there, it's like we gotta have a camera rolling because the likelihood of you a muskie is is pretty strong out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And like we said, big walleye potential. Absolutely. Panfish potential. It's pretty diverse. And I think, too, the, the nice thing about, uh, well, a couple of things going into tomorrow uh, as far as the ice hunt, um, wrap this up just a touch, is we do have, we're do we on the, the full moon period, mm-hmm. which is nice. We have a 9 a.m. Uh, moon set, so we're yeah. moon down for the day. And uh, temps after we, we've had some crazy weather. I mean, I don't know where you, you know, folks are listening from. Hopefully everybody's been safe with the goofiness mm-hmm. uh, throughout the Midwest right now. But I mean, up north here in, in uh, the Three Lakes area of Wisconsin, we've had, we have trees down everywhere. And uh, now it's, it's cracking after that warm spell. We had all that wind last week. Yep. And it's going to be reasonable tomorrow. I mean, I think we're going to have a high of, what, 25, which is fishable. Yeah, we, mid, we mid-20s, uh, overcast. I think the conditions are actually really favorable, Yeah, or it, at least it, looking so. It should be nice. Overcast is going to be really good with moon down. We should be in a good a good uh, you know, place to to hammer some fish. Yeah, for sure. I'm pumped. Uh, the we, we had a couple really, really cool topics that Mike and I are uh, pretty psyched to uh, talk about tonight. First topic is the mental state of musky fishing. Uh, it doesn't get talked about as much. I think if you look at the, you know, holistically musky fishing, what are our, what are our big topics we discuss? I mean, like there's baits, bait selection, boats, uh, tactics, yeah. gear. I mean, people get like, you know, we're, we're nuts about our gear, our rods, right. our reels, our, you know, line. And these are good things to be obsessed about. For right? sure. Yeah. Um, so we have spent a lot of time obsessing about those things. Uh, we, we, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about big fish. We spent a lot of time on social media obsessing over other people's fish. Um, and, and I think that one of the things that really, I mean, if you look at all these things that encompasses musky fishing, we don't spend a lot of time talking about the mental state of right. uh, successful musky fishing. It is what, often What that overlooked. looks like, right? Yeah. Because musky fishing is, you know, again, we, we really should be calling it musky hunting. You go through... I mean, for most of us musky anglers, really everybody, it doesn't matter how good you are. You, you go through these, these long periods of time mm-hmm. over the course of a, an actual musky hunt, which, you know, whether it's, you know, eight hours or 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, whatever that is, or, you know, we're talking over a week-long hunt, uh, you know, maybe it's Minnesota or northern Wisconsin, maybe you're on your Canadian trip. You, you go through long periods of time of, of difficulty. When the muskies either aren't biting, or you're, you're losing them, or they're nipping, or, and again, the you know having the right mental framework to to deal with this to be successful. Again, we don't talk about this at right. all. It's really an important thing. Um, so, where do we begin? I mean, what is what is I mean, what does it mean to you? You know, we you know the, the topic here, mental state of musky fishing. What what comes to your mind, Mike, when you think of your, your mental state? I think we have to consider the fact that we are hunting apex predators, right? Like, there are only so many um, muskies per acre of water. And then, even so, a lot of them are going to be in negative or neutral moods and are just not going to be interested in whatever bait you're throwing. And so, 
you have to know that going into it. Like, you have to know that this is an apex predator, right? There are only so many of them. And even if it's a body water that has a lot of them, they are still muskies and they're not easy fish to catch. And so just kind of preparing yourself for that. Um, I don't know. Well, if- let, me, let me kind of run off that just for a second. Because, you know, when guiding, I've kind of like, you know, a lot of times folks ask, well, how many muskies are in this lake? And it's a really good question. Now, there's not, uh, you know, always, well, I suppose our fisheries biologist, Jordan Weeks and folks, uh, would, we, would probably be able to tell us a pretty accurate number. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I'll say the highest density that I could ever imagine might be a half, uh, you know, 0.5 uh, muskies per fishable acre of water, adult like for adults, muskies, adult yeah. muskies. So on a typical, like, let's say 400 acre lake, you might have like 150 maybe adult muskies mm-hmm. On this lake, and like you know, you're, I'm out, I'm out there with folks, and you're looking around this, you know, a 400 acre lake, and you're like, oh my gosh, well, there's there's 150 muskies in this lake that that I even have access to that are that are of age that I could possibly hunt for, mm-hmm. and and then you say, well, you know, how many are right in front of me, or how where where are they bunched up, are they schooled up, how many of them are suspended, right. and it sounds like maybe a lot, but maybe to some folks that are listening, 150 muskies or 100 muskies might not sound like a lot, and it's it's really not, and we're seeing. You know, in this day and age, right? I mean, I don't want to get too carried away with this idea, but like how many muskies are caught mm-hmm. two times, three times, four times in the same season? How many muskies that you and I have caught together, right. uh, the Muskie Mastery Pro staff that we've, we've caught multiple times? I mean, yeah. this is a small, it's, it's a really finite resource. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say finite, but you know, it's a renewable resource, but there's not a lot of them out there. It's tough. Yes. It's tough. We're hunting for something that there are very few of. You know, right. why why is it easy to catch pike? Well, you know, there's a lot there's a lot more pike, or there's right. a lot more walleyes. There's a lot, there's a lot more panfish. There's, a, there, there's just not a lot of muskies out there. It's it's difficult. Right. Well, like you said, you have to adjust your mindset accordingly. Mm-hmm. You're looking for something, uh, and obviously, point even that idea of like a hundred some muskies uh, in a given four hundred acre lake. That's probably an overestimate, perhaps, of adult yeah. muskies. Probably, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so, very well could be. Yeah, you know, you know, I I think when when I go out musky hunting, my you know a lot of th- I, I think a lot of things. One of the things I think of a lot, and I I, forget, I think maybe Joe Booker said this to me. I'm thinking of two things right now. I think Joe once told me, if you caught one legal musky per day, every day, you would be the single best musky angler alive. Yeah. Like, like if you caught a 40-inch muskie, well, really, back in the day, I think when Joe probably told me this, like, the, you know, the size limit here in northern Wisconsin was 34 inches. If you caught one 34-incher a day, every single day, you'd be the best muskie angler that lived. Right. Nobody catches one a day. So when I go out on a hunt, my thought is I just want one shot. Mm-hmm. I want one chance. If I could get one strike and if I could catch one muskie, mm-hmm. I will be so happy. And, yeah. and it's actually amazing when you think about it. Like, how good does it feel if you come off the water with just a 30-incher? You, yeah. you catch a musk, you smell the smell. Mm-hmm. You get slimed. You go through the, 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 the process of unhooking and netting and taking a photo and, like, whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's, thera- it's musky therapy. It, mm-hmm. It's literally therapeutic. That's my mentality. One strike. Yeah. That's what I shoot for. No, I 100% agree with you. Um... And I think not everyone is like prepared for that. Some people, maybe less experienced musky anglers, think that like the pros go out and they just catch multiple muskies oh, every single a, time. And it, it's not the case. Like everybody has their great days of like 
you catch three or four or five muskies. Like we have had those days before, but we've also had lots and lots of days where we caught zero muskies and, you know, we're, we're okay with admitting that because that is part of the sport is like you go and you blank out a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we really, we really talked about that a lot on the first episode of the, the Muskie Therapy Podcast. I mean, we, we talked about 2021 as a season. We're like, wow, you know, we, it was a grind. We had so many days that were just tough. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think the tough thing, we're going we're gonna to hit on a lot. We're, gonna, we're going to hit on a lot of points here with regard to musky mental toughness. But I think, I think we, you know, we're talking about these long stretches of time, like you said, where you're, you're not seeing fish. Right. You're trying different things. And sometimes, I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like, mentally preparing for it, you know, that one opportunity can come at any time. This kind of brings up a funny story here. I, I never have the heart, for example, and I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here. On a half day, like, I, I would say this this is sometimes the most brutal thing. Other musky guides that might be listening, or if you've guided, you'll know. Even if you haven't guided, you'll know. On a half-day musky hunt, when I've got, like, five hours with some folks, one of the most challenging things is, is this scenario. Conditions are, here, I'll set the scene. Conditions are tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, let's just say the worst environmental conditions, we have, like, some goofy, terrible bluebird cold Sunny front. bluebird, it's, yeah. I mean, it's awful. <clears throat> and... I mean, this is like, and, and this is, and I, 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 I've seen this and it's, it's tough because, and especially when you've got somebody that's like, you know, that's new to the game and the moment, the strike, the big opportunity, it's right away. It's within the first 20 minutes of our trip. And, and if it doesn't work out now, if it does work out, we're like, I mean, I'm not, I'm going nuts. Yeah. And the client has no idea internally. I'm thinking that was it. But if it doesn't happen, internally, I'm thinking, that was it, and that's probably it. You're not always right, and you can't, you can't like, uh, pigeonhole yourself to be in that kind of mindset because mm-hmm. you really, truly don't know in musky fishing. But the tough thing is, you, you, I guess where I'm going with this whole thing is, you have to be prepared at any point of the trip yeah. for the one. And you don't know if you get maybe just one. Right. Sometimes you get zero. Yeah. Sometimes all you do is get follows. You can get like 15 follows and yeah. not even one strike. So, so there's, such a, there's, there's such a gamut of like emotions here. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there. We had to kind of come back to what we were talking about here, the mental state. You know, how do you, how do you work through the hard periods? Like, let, me, let me ask you that, Mike. How do you personally work through hard periods of musky fishing? And let's define really quick. So, Mike, I'm going to define for you hard period of musky fishing. I'm going to define here. I'm going to say you and I are out musky fishing and we start at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's, it's, we fished from, let's say we launched the boat at 5.30. We fished solidly, camera set up from 6 a.m. till noon, and there's no musk in the boat. It's six hours. Mm-hmm. What, what are you, like, you know, physically, mentally, where are you after six hours? Where are you at? What are you thinking? I think it's, it's noon. We're going to have a lunch break, and, yeah. you know, we're going to come. Where are you at? For me, personally, it's like, two things come to mind is one is like just the mental preparation that I go through personally of like reminding myself that this is musky fishing and that it is the hardest form of freshwater fishing. And so when you kind of remind yourself of that, you know that it, it, it could be exactly what you described. It could be going out and you fish for six plus hours and you don't see a single fish. And so when you kind of prepare yourself for that 
mentally. I, I think it does make it a little bit easier to just keep grinding it out. Um, the other thing that I think this is a dynamic that we definitely have on the boat that I would imagine a lot of musky anglers probably have. I, I know where you're going. Is right just now. like humor is kind of what gets us through the really tough periods. Wait, no, is, this is our- <laughs> we're probably our most creative after uh, six hours of like seeing zero muskies. We we've probably made up our best songs. Okay, and so okay, so joked folks, about the most ridiculous folks things. Folks do not know. I mean, Muskie Mastery fans, uh, and I'm sorry we don't include this in our videos. We probably should. Somebody's going to message like, "Please put the outtakes in." We've, I mean, there's we have seen some funny stuff unfold on the camera before Muskies uh, oh, gosh, hit. Yeah. Uh, and well, okay, I guess I'll just start with this. Some of the audio that I have had to edit out of some of these Muskie videos is horrendous. Some of the worst songs, <laughs> some of the worst songs you could ever imagine. Mike and I are singing together on the boat and we can't, we just, they're, they're not like, they're just bad. And, but I think you're right though. Uh, part of the, part of the mental toughness is, is having fun with it. Oh, is yeah. The jokes that, that, uh, you know, the songs, the, I mean, the different scenarios we try to put ourselves in. And some of these things, right. you know, some of those, some of the things we talk about, you know, obviously we're not spending the entire time of the day, like making, you know, knock, knock jokes, but we are also like talking strategy and, and, and talking biology and trying to put the pieces of the puzzle yeah. together. But like you said, you have to have fun with it. If you're not out oh, there yeah. laughing, I have told this to clients uh, and some people that don't know me, they come on the boat and they're like, can we I'm like, please do. Is, please you know, do. I know, please do. I'm like, like musky, like the, the process of musky hunting, it's a really, it's a neat art because you, you always have to be paying attention and it's easier said than done, but being able to pay attention to what you're doing, mm-hmm. but yet also carry a conversation with somebody, yeah. you're going to be going like one of the, okay, what gets me through? I mean, think about, think about this, man. I was thinking about this in the way, on the way, the drive up this morning. Think about the conversations you and I have had on the boat over the last decade plus. God, I mean, we have, we have talked about everything. Yeah. The musky boat is a place, it is a, it's a, it is a sanctuary. I'm it, just going to use that exact same It word. is a sanctuary yeah. for uh, discussing life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, I think that that is one of the things that has helped us through our most difficult times outside of the humor, I think, I'm just going to say is, is discussing life. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, whether it's our work, our personal lives, our, our, our dating lives, our families, our, you know, uh, whatever it is, finance, the world. I mean, mm-hmm. we're living through a pandemic right now. I mean, right. I mean, it's, I mean, it'd be hilarious. Like how many times we've talked about COVID and Muskie's having COVID and like, you know, COVID <laughs> this and COVID that and like, COVID. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have no idea what I just did there, but there uh, was, yeah, but uh, you have to have fun with it. And you, I think that's a huge part of staying in the game. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you're not having fun, what's the point? Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you if you're not good with humor, you might want to go on Google and look up some jokes for your fishing partner. <laughs> look up some jokes. I mean, you got you got to keep it real out there, right? I mean, if you're not if you're not laughing uh on on spot uh, you know, by by spot 3 or 4, you know, you're just you're I don't know, at least for the way we do it. I mean, I would say you're you're not doing it right. You're not hunting. You got to have a good time. Yeah. You know, when you're in the when you're in the tree stand, you got to be quiet. Yeah, I was going to say that is one of the like main differences between hunting and musky angling or musky hunting is that you can 
joke around and, and talk and it's like it's encouraged whereas like if you're in a tree stand you really can't do that it's not the same and so just like the interaction between your fishing partner i think is one of the things that makes it uh really fun and entertaining and i okay so i, I want to kind of riff off that because people are going to be like well are you always joking around and i would say well no no <laughs> because... there are long periods of silence well okay there's Sometimes. long periods of silence but the one thing that i want to talk about that i think we don't have to talk about it too long is that there are spots obviously where the jokes and we mike and i could be in the middle of our funniest joke of the day or our best song we've made up but when the boat passes into a certain realm on a certain spot and you're on the, the spot, spot on, on the, the spot, spot yeah. the jokes well first of all for two reasons one we're rolling the cameras and we'd like like hopefully the scene that's about to go down to sound professional but two so you can like all obviously like mentally prepare um because when you are joking i think you, you are you're not completely in tune sometimes yep. with what you're doing you're having a good time and you you can make a mistake yep. and you have to think about that when you, you you do have to know i guess it is good to know some people don't know but if you're if you're fortunate enough to know and you're coming into a good spot to know that it's a good spot you know the jokes kind of quiet down and that's something that's important to kind of hit on we do have a good time but there are times where you you are more serious than others yeah yeah you know when to focus and yeah and that's really something important. One thing we've got down here, um, and I want to, we'll probably go back to the mental thing, is uh, the physical part of musky fishing. I mean, there's no doubt that we have the gear now. I mean, it's 2021, it's going to, you know, 2022. Uh, we, we've got the best musky fishing gear that has ever existed, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, the technology is such that if you're, you know, 75 or 80 plus years old, you can still. You know, if you're in, in, in relatively good shape, stay in the game with somebody that's 20 years old. We've got the technology available to keep uh, multiple, you know, different generations in the musky game. But still, that said, though, if you're going to put in some time on the water, you have to be in reasonable physical shape. The Musky Therapy Podcast is brought to you by Joe Booker Outdoors number one in big game fish products, and by Recon Boats, made by craftsmen built for fishermen. Got her. Oh my gosh. If you're casting. I mean, if you're trolling, yeah. that's another story. <laughs> but if you're casting, you have to stay in, in, in reasonable, like in good shape. We could probably do a whole podcast on this, and if you want that, we can do it. But Mike, let me pick your brain. What is, I mean, do, what do you do... Uh, peak season, you know, as far as mental toughness and musky fishing, we're talking about the mental state of musky fishing. Part of that is the physical side. What mm -hmm. do you do to kind of like keep yourself physically in the game yeah. prior to musky season? Maybe let's start there. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I would say, uh, I, I try to remain religious about, um, doing pushups. I, I try to do a minimum hundred pushups a Dude, day. Dude, yes. Um, you know, broken up into, into sets of anywhere between 20 and 40 pushups per set. Um, but you know, minimum of a hundred. And then one of the things I experience, and I'm sure a lot of people experience is just like the tightness in the upper back and the shoulders just from the casting. And it's like to finish a day of, of 12 or 14 hours of musky fishing and then just put in a stretch. You a, take a lot of naps. On 10 or 15 minute, not a lot of naps, <laughs> some naps, but a, a 10 or 15 minute stretch 
it goes a long way, man. It really does. Because I, I, I get knots. I was only joking back. about that. Although Mike does take a nap or two. Sometimes I feel like when you are like laying down and I make fun of you for taking naps, you're really stretching your back out. You're literally a lot of times like really stretching yourself. We're going from spot to spot, yes. Yeah. And we're, when we're doing this for like 14 plus days straight, I mean, let's be real. Like the body, it, it yeah. takes a, like a sincere toll on the body physically. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. I'm a huge proponent. I will also agree with Mike. Push-ups are so good. They're good for your core. Mm -hmm. They're good for your back. They're good for your shoulders, yep. your chest, your arms. I mean, everything. I mean, even you, probably your quads. I mean, push-ups are probably, you go to like menshealth.com or I don't know, womenshealth.com. I don't know what websites are out there. But I mean, push-ups are probably one of the best exercises that you and I consistently do. We do them in the morning just to stretch. Yeah. Make sure that our, our frame is kind of, you know, ready to go for mm -hmm. the day. Um, the other thing that I've done, and this is kind of funny, but like back in the day, I used to take dumbbells and I used to, uh, obviously if you're, if you're listening to this, you aren't seeing this, but I used to, uh, rest my, my kind of my forearm on my, my, uh, quad or my knee and do like, just kind of like wrist curls to mm -hmm. build my, my forearms up just to have, um, for, for palming the reel and movements with the rod for jerk baits and glide baits and hook mm -hmm. sets. I used to work my forearms. I don't do it as much as I used to do uh, when I was younger. I probably should. Um, but that's something I used to do uh, as far as that. I also run a lot. Um, maybe not running a lot. By the way, if you don't know this, uh, Mike was a Division I college runner. So I say I ran a lot. Mike, like, kind of professionally ran a lot. I think... Uh, not professionally, no. Well, D1 <laughs> athlete. I mean, we. I mean, nowadays, come on. Competitive Divi amateur. Div Division I athletes, I, I, it's semi-professional um, these days. Competitive. It's very competitive, but yeah, but like keeping yourself like cardiovascularly, cardiovascular health, right? Like all these things, if you really want to, you know, even, you know, looking at this, this next musky season to come, if you want to take this to the next level, if you want to improve, I think your mental state, right? I think it's, you know, we can, we can tie this physical part back to the mental oh, yeah. part. If you want to improve your mental state in your musky fishing game, take care of yourself physically. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself physically. If you, I mean, so here's another thing talk about the physical sides of things because uh, folks that watch our show don't know this you know what do we eat during the day what do we eat at night i mean if you think we're coming in meat and cheese curds uh, and burgers now, i mean we we used to when yeah we there were times we did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we cleaned that up i know we cleaned it up because i would say uh that was one of the big improvements of our 2021 season was we ate healthier than we had ever eaten in the past yeah absolutely and I notice this, and, and I'm sure you do too, is like when you eat clean, you have so much more energy to keep going. Oh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And yeah, it's a, it's a change that we made and how about last hydrating? season and will continue to make. And yeah, and hydration, man, because it's so easy to ignore we have been, drinking we've water. Majorly, man. We used to be so bad. And... Um, You've got to stay hydrated because, I mean, there, it, last season was a lot of a lot of warm days, sunny days, you know, eighty plus degrees, and you know you're losing fluids, you're sweating, even if it's not you know a ton all at once over the course of sixteen hours, you are losing fluids, and so you have got to keep yourself hydrated, not only just to keep you know fishing, but just for your own personal health. I think it's absolutely. important. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of transition within this topic before we move on. There's a couple things I want to want to talk about. Uh, 
one of the one of the points we have on on the agenda is setting yourself up for success. I want to I want to throw something out there, just with regard to setting yourself up. We've talked about mental and physical part. Now we're going to bring it back to success. I don't care if you and I are on a numbers lake where we're expecting to get a shot at five, six, ten muskies in, a, in maybe even a morning. Mm-hmm. Or if we're on a trophy lake where we're maybe looking for one big fish that could be, you know, push the 30-pound bracket. I think that one of the things that I think about as far as setting myself up mentally for success is to is to stay humble and to treat every strike the same. I don't think, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of lake I'm on. I think that because muskies are so hard to catch, I think part of the thing that I try to focus on is is treating every strike the same way with the same um, fundamental movements, um, good fundamentals, get up good fundamentals. And I think that when you're humble about it and you really, it doesn't matter what kind of body of water you're on, I think that it kind of like puts you in that framework where every, everything counts. Everything counts and um, whether it's one strike or whether it's you know two strikes, whatever it is, that one strike is the make or break for the day. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of hit on that a little bit, but that's that's the mentality that I think of is is treating that one strike with with dignity. If that's well, a, if that's a thing, I would totally agree with you. Is that um, if you approach every strike as if it is a fifty pounder, yeah. the day that fifty pounder strikes. It, there's nothing it's no different right because you've been doing that your entire fishing career every single strike you've ever had you have treated as if it is the most important strike yeah. you've ever gotten well, you really and have so to. it's kind of like a muscle memory thing almost um i i 100 agree with you is that you might get one opportunity on any given day and it could be a 30 incher a 30 pounder or a 50 pounder and you got to treat them all as if they are the biggest fish of your life. Okay, and I'm rolling off that because that's okay. That's the next topic, and because you're you're reminding me of something. But what do you think about um, during the long stretches? Okay, so we're ta- we're getting kind of back to that mental state. Long stretch of you know just nothing's happening. Maybe we're telling some jokes. What do you? What is one of the things? I mean, I, I guess I'll share maybe what I think about when, when I'm musky fishing. You kind of started to hit on that with this fifty pounder thing. One of the things that like drives me when it comes to the sport when it comes to the difficulty of it is that any given day and this is i don't know when when this becomes solidified in your mind what experience it is if it's competitive sports that you, whatever it is i I'm, okay, i'll get back to the point here that any given day you launch the boat you could have an opportunity at the fish of a lifetime and I think that's one of the neatest things about the sport of musky fishing, or we should say musky hunting, is that no matter what kind of water, relatively speaking, that you're hunting on, you you might set the hook into something truly gargantuan. I mean, and, and I think again, I mean, like you know, people ask, you know, why do you use eighty pound test? Why do you use these these big rods? Part of it is you know the durability. Obviously, you mm-hmm. know, we're fishing around all these snaggy, nasty cover, and muskies are yes. big and tough, but but is there a shot that you and I could hook into a 60 pound fish? Yeah, there is. And some of that is always inside of me personally, when I'm out on a hunt, you know, I, some of it, it's, it's kind of like you're, you're kind of a kid again, sometimes 
uh, it makes me feel um, giddy. It makes me feel nervous, I guess I should really say. Like there's a certain nervousness that comes, especially on certain spots, on certain bodies of water. Um, and that's a lot of times what keeps me going is I, I actually, um, I don't know if I say personify might not be the right word. English majors out there could correct me. Um, but I kind of, I, how many times have you um, kind of visualized? A lot of times when I'm out there fishing, I like, I'm, I'm like literally visualizing like muskies mm -hmm. coming in and like I'm, I'm imagining giant ones, like yeah. scary big ones sometimes. And I'm, I'm hallucinating them mm -hmm. in the water. Because, and you think like, is, is this fish here? And like, I, I really do think these these giants are there. So I'm gonna. I mean, that's where my head's at sometimes. Yeah. During these these long periods, I'm I'm thinking about like, I, I'm I'm kind of hallucinating giants, because it's possible. It's always possible. Oh yeah, for sure. That's so. that's what keeps us going is knowing that that's a possibility is like the hunt for a freak. Yeah, I mean, for real, right? Not just a big fish, a freak of a fish. Because they do exist. I mean, hey. I think that's part of the neat thing about Minnesota this Minnesota state again. record just, yeah, right? just I mean, got broken. Was it 57 three-quarter inches? It was like, I forget how many pounds. 55. 50, 55 pounds and change. It was ounces, bigger. Yeah. Over 55 pounds. But I mean, those a freaks. Exist, the a freaks. freak. And, I mean, you know if you catch a 50 or 51, there's always a bigger. We can talk to our mm -hmm. fisheries biologist, Jordan Weeks. We can, I guarantee you there's always yeah. a bigger one. And is that fish going to eat today? If you're sitting on the couch, you're never going to know. If you're sleeping in, you're never going to know. Yeah. That's tough to do. After your, your night fishing, you can't always get up right away. But you got to be putting the time in. Otherwise, you're never going to have a chance at that, that critter. Right. You're never going to have a chance. Okay. Uh, next topic. We're going to talk here about raising the bar, which I think, again, uh, is really important. We're looking, you know, kind of toward the next season. Uh, Michael Richardson, what does raising the bar mean to you? How do you, like between seasons or even during a season, how do you, how do you raise the bar? Like, do you raise the bar? Are we, are we, are we I, I, let me preface this. Are we talking about raising the bar on a given day? Are we talking raising the bar on a trip? Are we talking raising the bar on the year? Do we want to differentiate this? Where do you want to go with this? I think of it collectively. Like, how do we raise the bar on a season, right? Like, and I think you can break it down into smaller components of, like, we're going to raise the bar for any given day or any given week. But I do think that it is, like, this continuous process of trying to go harder than we went the season before. And I think that's like, um, both of us, we have this like competitiveness. No, this, what does go harder mean? Cause that's okay. We use that. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I know you have an answer to this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna like for our listeners, we say this all the time, go harder, go stronger, go bigger. What do you mean by that? What does go harder mean to you when it comes to muskie? I think it's a combination of fishing more hours, but also, trying to maximize those hours and fish them as effectively as possible. Um, I mean, if we were to look at like what you and I did 10 years ago, we were, we were still fishing hard 10 years ago. There's no doubt about that. But if you were to compare like 10 years ago to now, I think we spend more hours 
on the water. I think we're more effective with those hours. Um, it's just this intense desire to always like do what we're doing, but to do it better than we did it in the past. And like, so, okay, so to I want to refine run off that. You know, this this effectiveness, spending more effective time on the water than ever before. To me, you kind of you kind of brought this idea in because I think raising the bar, part of raising the bar to me when it comes to effectiveness, is I think of like buttoning myself up. I don't want to say tighter and tighter and tighter, but like again, it really does actually come down to fundamentals. I think that, and these are things because I, I I just did a musky uh, seminar um, for a big muskies ink club recently and. And we did we did the old class. I did the old classic thing, like keep you know, raise your hand if you caught a muskie in the figure eight. Raise your hand if you caught five in the figure eight. Raise your hand if you caught ten. And then we go, how many of you have seen more than ten fish? Everybody's hands go up. So everybody saw more than ten muskies, mm -hmm. but very few people caught ten muskies. Yeah. So fundamentally, probably figure eights are lacking. Mm -hmm. And 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 where are we lacking? Where are our areas, um, fundamental areas like figure eights, boat control? Um, retrieves, like 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 the the things that can be so overlooked. Yeah. And I I think like you're talking about raising the bar. I really think it is refining these things. It comes with time. Mm -hmm. You can't take the experience of Booker and and take his figure eight and just say, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna just emulate that right on the spot. Right. You can't do that. No, that comes with 30, 40, 50 years of musky fishing it's experience. Literally catching. Thousands of fish. Yeah, I mean, this is muscle memory. This is experience all combined into this this procedure. But I guess where I'm going with this, when I when I think one of the things I think about in raising the bar is really improving fundamentals. And I don't think, and I'm going to challenge viewers out there. I challenge myself. I challenge you. I challenge everybody on this. I don't think you cannot become complacent with. The basics. I think if you, I think if you think you're so good at the basics, you're you're going to miss out. And I say that to myself. I think if you think you're so good that you can't improve on on basic things, then then you're not going to improve. And because at the end of the day, when a muskie comes into the figure eight, you're only as you're only as good as your figure eight. You could have done all the preparation. You could have put yourself on. The best spot in the world, the best body of water in the world, but you're only as good as your physical movements. Mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes down to it, it really is, it, it really is that, you know, it, that basic almost, in a sense. And, and you can take raising the bar, like you said, but I thought I wanted to kind of hone in on that. Your effectiveness. That's what I think about. When I'm thinking about effectiveness, I'm, th uh, effectiveness, right. I'm thinking about the little things mm -hmm. that make the big difference. Right. You know? What there's, is all, your... there's only so many hours in the day, right? I mean... At some point, it's just about how can you make the most of that limited amount of time. And you can only catch more fish by getting better at what you do and refining the smallest little things. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off this even further. Okay, so raising the bar. What is raising the bar? How do you, how do you spend more time in the water? We, we talked about this. Mentally prepar you know, preparing, physically preparing. Uh, I think we talked about your, your eating, but spending more time in the water is like this big picture idea. And you have to, it is so difficult to do because if you have a family or if you have kids or if you, but, but you know, eating clean, going to bed early, not having too many cold sodas and really like, you know, dialing yourself into like, you have to be almost, well, 
religious or you have to be robotic about going to bed at a certain time and waking up at a certain time. And you even then, you're not going to get a lot of sleep. I mean, you are. It, it, it's kind of a balance of burning the candle at both ends, I think. Um, I mean, you look back at what we were doing in July, and we were getting four or maybe five hours of sleep a night. Yeah, and in, 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 in coming to terms with that, and, well, and, and, and finding enjoyment in it, I think is a really neat thing. Like, finding enjoyment in the, let's call it the pain and suffering of musky fishing. Well, Your physical pain and in the, the tiredness, yeah, in, in owning it, though. Yeah. Because the season isn't forever. No, yeah, you take pride in that. Like, I think there is something to be said for, like, a 4 a.m. wake up, like the alarm goes off and like nobody really wants to roll out of bed at 4 a.m. when you went to bed at midnight because you were fishing well and, you know, past dark and on four hours of sleep, the alarm goes off and, and you're tired. But you also take pride in the fact that like, this is just what we have to do right now, right? Like this is, yeah. this is, the, the lakes are calling. And like you said, you're not going to catch muskie sitting on the couch or sleeping in and it's funny when, when we do this for like weeks on end and, and even hardcore musky anglers, you know, like our good friend, pro staffer, Michael Conti, he comes and he joins us for a week of it. And he's like, how do you guys do this for like two and a half weeks straight? And I'm like, how do you do it for three months straight? Or months. And it's like, you know, how do you, how do, you do it end. for, you know, how do you do it for five months? How do you, I mean, how do you do it? Um, and sometimes you say, I don't know. You do it because every day you get up, you, you, you have a shot at the giant. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I want to say something that I think is going to be, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be profound. As far as raising the bar, I was, I was just thinking um, in the back of my mind about this. And I think it's a really important thing. Outside of a lot of the things we've talked about, but one of the things I want to bring to the table about raising the bar, I think this is so, 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 so important is in a given season, because sometimes, here, let me preface it with this. You can have the best season, let's just say again, 2020, for the two of us, was one of our best years ever. Great, we're yeah, still, it was a great year. We're still editing all the content we created. It was yeah. nuts. Big fish, but a lot of fish. Yeah. And so you say, how can you raise the bar? Mm -hmm. How can you raise the bar? But we did. We did in 2021. It wasn't easy, but we did. And I, I arguably, we, we, I don't think we can argue we didn't raise the bar. How do you do it? There's a lot of things that go into it. One of the things that I think that folks need to keep in mind, I try to remind myself this, and I think I've tried to remind myself about this idea more than ever. And this is gonna sound so dumb and so simple, and you're not gonna think this is about raising the bar, but I think this is really important. It doesn't sound very important. It's called keeping an open mind. That's it. Why is that important to raising the bar? As a season unfolds, it is unique and different from the season previously. And it is unique and different from the season before that. If you don't keep an open mind and you keep yourself rooted into what worked last year, mm -hmm. you're going to miss maybe an entire season of success. You could lose everything if you stay sedentary. If you don't change anything. In contrast, if you keep an open mind and you let the season speak to you, if you, if you let it unfold 
and, and you allow yourself to be malleable. You allow yourself to be changed by the season, to, to, to let, the, to let the, the, the ecosystem guide your, your hunting. You will open yourself up to a new realm of success by keeping just that simple idea of an open mind. You, you, must, you, you must really listen to the, the environment. If you don't do that, and what I mean by that is, again, like, you know, if, if again, like, if, if something turns on, if there's some bite, and you start exploring that bite, and you start, like, looking into it, you, you may have the best year you ever have. You may catch the biggest fish you've ever caught. If you do the same thing you've always, like a Tom Gelb quote, if you do the same thing you've always done, you will get what you've always got. So I think keeping an open mind as the season unfolds is so critical to raising the bar. And it's so, it's so stupidly simple. Yeah. But it's really tough to overcome the the um the comfort of what you know mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you know you and i have our spots we know you and i could rattle off a couple of our classic spots we love it's they're, they're comfort spots we can go there mm -hmm. but when they're not working when the whole thing ain't working what are you gonna do right it's uh it's easy to be tempted into reinventing the wheel but I, but at the same time i, I think what you said was profound is that you know you've got to be open-minded you've got to be willing to try different things because if you don't you might be missing out on something huge and i and i think in a lot of ways it's probably something that's very much untapped right it's not something a lot of people are doing and um it can be a huge difference maker and i think we've kind of come across some of those things in the last several seasons and you know, we've, we've touched on some of those and I agree with you that if you become married to one technique, one idea, you know, you're, you're probably limiting yourself. Absolutely. You are right. Um, and you know, the other, the, the other point we had here are what are your limits? I think that that's an important thing to think about when we, th we you know, what, when we talk about raising the bar, what are your limits? I want to bring this to the table is, you know, what are your constraints? What are your, what are your, now this could be physical constraints. Some of you folks listening, maybe can't cast for a long period of time. And we know some of the folks that are we're really good friends with, you, they can't cast for more than an hour. And mm -hmm. then, you know, that, that's a constraint. Mm -hmm. you, you need to identify that. If you're going to raise the bar, you need to take a hard look at yourself and you need to identify where your weak, where your weaknesses can you, are some of these weaknesses just innate? Like, is this part of who you are right now as a person? Is this, is this part of your mental, your, your musky game? Like, is this, is this a part of who you are? Or are these things you can work on? Or are they not? Like, what, where are you limited? Mm -hmm. And how does that go into your game plan? That's something I think that's important as far as raising the bar. You've got to take a hard look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, what am I good at? How can I use that to accomplish the goal? You know, as a runner, you work with a team of athletes, right? You were, I mean, what was your specialty? In distance running? Yeah, yeah well, distance running. Yeah. Some people aren't distance runners, they're sprinters. <clears throat> right. You know, and I think that knowing that is really important because you can then apply yourself to raising the bar. Mm -hmm. Now, what's raising the bar? I think that's something. What is, what is raising the bar? Yeah, I think that's something every... What's raising the bar to you? Well... 2022, what's raising the bar to you, Michael Richardson, on the spot? What is, what is raising the bar for you next year? I would say it's um, 
kind of what I talked about. It's putting in more hours on quality water and, and fishing it as effectively as we possibly can. So you're willing to sacrifice strikes and, 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 and numbers of muskies. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, so I you've, you've mentally prepared now for that. Oh, I, I, your... I've got an entire. You know, we're in the off season now. We're in we're in the hard water season. I I think we've got months months to prepare ourselves for that mentally, or at least that's kind of what I'm preparing myself for. Is you know, really hunting some true trophies, true giants. Um, I will sacrifice numbers for for big big fish dude i think i'm on the same wavelength as you i think we've grown together in this i love catching any size musk i think folks that like watch the channel know how excited probably i probably get more excited than a lot of folks with like you know any size musky they're they're just so fun mm -hmm. but raising the bar for me too would would be um it's it, a, a uh, striving to catch more truly big fish mm -hmm. the rarest fish which we're going to talk about in another podcast rare fish big fish but how do you catch more big fish yeah it's not just about putting time in right although time is important it's where you do it and how you do it right that is really kind of can set yourself apart but yeah i, I would agree with you man i i'm i'm willing to sacrifice strikes and and numbers of fish it's tough to do in the beginning of the season yeah. when you haven't quite cracked a big one and you're like itching for a fish, you're itching for a couple fish. Yeah. It's tough to do when you've got, you know, contractual work to do mm -hmm. for for our various uh, sponsors, which are amazing. They don't pressure us, but hey, we, we pressure ourselves. It's tough yeah. to do when you got to put episodes out. Right. And you don't have a lot of stuff to work with. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, I mean, that's something we could talk about. How do you focus on hunting big fish and going to waters where you know you're going to sacrifice like days yeah. to catch a fish when you don't have any muskies on camera to mm -hmm. begin with? That's a tough one. Yeah. You have to have like a surreal confidence that in your game plan, otherwise you are going to crumble and you can yeah. have a mental breakdown. Yeah. You can have a mental breakdown. We talked about this in the first podcast when we, you and I had a number of conversations this past season of like, should we keep knocking on this door? No one answered. The, no one is anybody home. Keep knocking, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes like the time you put in, in June, oftentimes pays dividends in July, August, September, October, like... You might not be crushing them in June, right? But like the things that you're learning are gonna pay off. And I think that's another important thing to consider as a season progresses. Um, because, you know, a lot of times in June, water temps are still on the cold side and the fish are not super active. And June can be a struggle. So much to it. It can be a struggle. So by lake to lake to yeah. lake. I think one of the other things that I want to I want to bring to this conversation and raising the bar, I think it's really important. And I've in in recent years I have spent a lot of time thinking about this because I get caught up about this. I get I have a nervous anticipation as a season 
kind of uh, comes into uh, comes into uh, sight on almost like as if it's it's almost this this nervousness of how could I ever top last season and it's almost like yeah how could I do that again and because it's it's such a, you look at like the whole thing it's, it's a big work of art it's a big big yeah. thing and it can be very intimidating to to go into a season at least for me and you can be intimidated by what you did before yeah. after it's all said but so here's what i want to say and i've worked myself into this is you have to truly come to terms with the idea that a season is unique yeah that every single season the given year you're fishing is unique and it is going to be what it's going to be mm-hmm. and you have to accept it you have to accept it as unique in whatever way it is, it may not. Whatever it is, maybe it's maybe it's more numbers, or maybe it's less numbers in big fish. Whatever it is, maybe it's more tiger muskies and less. Whatever it is, it, you right. know, it, it's you know, it is going to be unique. And yeah. I think you need to not compare the season you're in to, in in a way, like you you. I think I think there's 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 importance in comparing and contrasting, like what you did last year, what you did this year, right. obviously. But what I'm getting at is more holistic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can get yourself into this mindset of um, this year is going to be like this year. Right. Or you you really have to own this idea of it is an unknown, mm-hmm. and you have to be cool with that unknown. Yeah. I think that's a big part of raising the bar is is yeah. not getting into the, it's it's this this rolling with the punches type thing. Yes, but I would say another thing that um, you have done really really well from season to season is celebrate the individual victories right like every fish is special every catch is unique and amazing in its own way and so you have to celebrate those victories whether it's a 30 incher or a 30 pounder like they're all special they're all challenging and when you take the time to do that i i think that's important i think you know i watch Obviously, I, I get to spend a lot of time with you on the boat, and we fish together a ton. And I, you know, I, I still watch every single video you put out. You know, I would say you probably send them to me and to Brian and, and Michael Conti before anybody else. But I watch, you know, every single um, muskie you've ever put on film, and I would say your level of excitement for every single fish that you catch is there. All the time, hundred percent of the time, and it's it's genuine, like it's truly genuine. You, you are that excited about every fish because again, they are that special, they are that challenging, and uh, I don't know. It's like you you approach it the same way like a a kid who's catching his first muskie of his life would approach it. Like, and as long as that never goes away, and you continue to to celebrate those, you know, individual accomplishments the sport can never get old. Like, it never gets stale when you are that excited about every single muskie that you put in the net. Dude, well, I, I, I appreciate that compliment. I would say the same to you, man. I was, like, literally thinking about a couple of the fish you caught just last year and how, like, just just, just pumped you were about the catches. It was incredible. I, I also want to throw this in, too, as we talk about raising the bar, because there's a lot of things we can talk about, and I think we could we can include some of these in, in another episode. Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, but we can talk about another time. Definitely a, a topic for another time is research. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely an R&D side of things. This isn't necessarily 
I forget what you you we were initially going to call this this particular podcast, but R and D is not always for new waters. R and D can be for your home waters. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important part of raising the bar is 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 the learn. You and I are both educators. Is the learning process yeah. and really focusing on learning. Yeah, and learning something new about your water. Yeah, and, and um, kind of goes back to having an open mind, but it can be in the off season doing your research. Yeah, making some phone calls, looking at maps, uh, exploring, mm-hmm. reading some books, watching video. I think like this, you know, one of the things that I think we, um, you know, in, in the you know twentieth century here, twenty first century, twenty first century, uh, is we have this really neat ability now. We can we can watch the best muskie anglers on camera and, and and watch their movements, emulate them. I mean, it's 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 like it's like having like your own personal session, you know, you know, right your own personal trip, right, with, with somebody you can watch them on, on the computer. Yeah. And and I think it's just another thing we talk about raising the bar is just watching people doing your homework. Yeah. Outside of the muskie season. Well I know we talked about like a potential future topic for us to discuss on the podcast would be the love that you have for your own home water. But I think another uh, really interesting angle would be to um, look at your own home water, but like in a different light and to try to approach it in ways that you've never done before. And this mindset that like research is not just for new water. It's not just for scouting. It could be for water that you have been fishing your entire life and just to try to see it in a different light. I think that would be a really interesting topic to uh, explore some more. And I still think, and I want to, I just, I guess I just, this is the the guide in me. And I, I don't want to be like too, it's just, I, I just think it's important. I, just look, I think of clients, think of me when I was younger. I think of me now, actually, I should say that. Let me, I think of me now. I still come back to raising the bar. I'll, I'll end my, this will be my last comment on raising the bar, is fundamental skills. I just think that I think of all these, I think we, have, we can have these grand aspirations. You can think of moving mountains and building mm-hmm. pyramids and lake X's and tactics and reading the next and the best and the, and the watching the video. You can think about all these things and I was even thinking I was I was gonna say oh should I tell should I tell the listeners to write down some some ideas and you know maybe maybe that's a cool idea maybe that's something to you know f- you know focus on with raising the bar but I, I still come back to like like I think truly the folks that I encounter at least from a guiding perspective raising the bar comes down to the little things raising the bar comes down to fundamental skills and focusing on things that you probably think you're really good at Mm -hmm. and if you want to really improve and that's not for everybody but it kind of is for everybody but maybe it's not for everybody maybe it is for everybody i don't know but that's just something i keep coming back to on this is making sure that you're constantly improving in the small areas Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know where to go from that i think we i think we had a really good conversation tonight yeah i enjoyed it man it was, um, it was really nice. I mean, we we definitely have some uh, some ice fish uh, ice fishing to do tomorrow. Yes, but, looking um, forward to that. I I, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to co-host this podcast with you. You know, I'm also hoping you get some 
um, seriously more interesting guests on the show <laughs> in the near future. Dude, I can't thank you enough, man. Dude, this has been awesome. I mean, we spent so much time in the water together, uh, whether it's open water or hard water. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's always an adventure, man. And uh, I think that there's, the neat thing about this sport is that it never ends. You, you and I, God willing, knock on wood, that we'll be, you know, we'll be 80 something years old and we'll still be trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we won't, we'll be better. In some ways, maybe. Yeah. But physically, it'll be a challenge. It'll be a challenge. But like, but the but experience, the, but, but the, uh, this, this, um, the big picture task of getting better at hunting an animal. Mm-hmm. Hunting is something that you you will forever be working on mm-hmm. to be a better hunter. And I think that's the coolest thing about the sport is that it doesn't matter what how old you are, how how long you've been in this business or this sport, you're always you have always something to strive for. Mm-hmm. You've always something to learn. It's really a neat thing. So with that, folks, we cannot thank you enough for sitting down and joining this uh, joining us for this therapy session it is musky therapy after all and this does keep us sane in uh, both during the uh, during the off season and during the season um, Mike and I and uh, the pro staff are really uh, really looking forward to uh, the the, uh, the podcast and the the episodes to come we're gonna we're gonna see how things unfold uh, hopefully you you stick with us uh, please stick with us on the journey it's it's gonna get better could get worse we, we don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. The jokes could get really good. The jokes could get awful. Yeah. Um, we're definitely going to have some some special guests uh, come on board here as as the uh, the show kind of unfolds. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, as always, Mike, any any closing comments before we kind of kick things off? No, man. It's it's uh, it's been fun for sure. I think I would hope that this is uh, therapy not only for the listeners but. For you and I, you know, it is. It's, um, it is. It is therapeutic in nature to just kind of reflect on the season that we've had and to start thinking about what the next season will look like. It's just um, it's a, it's a never-ending process, you know. Um, it is, and it's fun. So it's time to prepare to catch some crappies tomorrow. I'm excited for that, dude. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, folks, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you soon. So as always, thanks for watching.